Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Bruski and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We're back from vacation, which means, well, I'm back and so's Jorna. Jorna was Taylor. Vacation. It was a vacation. Well, you were ill. So, well, Jorna Taylor, as you can hear, is with us. Jorna's a nonprofit consultant here in Wisconsin. Jorna. It's good to be able to talk this week. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I did enjoy Thank my you. vacation. Oh, I'm so glad. Apparently, while we were gone, Jorna, the show went on. Ugh, I doubt it. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> Senator Larson actually showed up. To Showed talk. Up. He's oh, very, he's very present. That's right. Robert Craig Unfair. is here. He <laughs> just couldn't wait for his introduction. Robert Craig, our executive director, is with us. Robert, welcome. We want to thank Senator Larson <laughs> for an excellent show last week. And actually, I got feedback from friends who had listened for the first time, and they were like, "You should have that Chris dude on all the time." So, Senator, uh, Senator Larson, you should be on all the time. <laughs> I believe he's been on about ten times. I'm glad we. Have, what's good? We have a new listener. We have a new obviously. listener. We do. Well, that's great. So it's always good, though, to take vacations. I do feel somewhat recharged, although I must say I've come back from vacation and very little has changed. I thought maybe when I come back, we'd have health care solved. You There'd know, be a state budget that would pass. President Robert. Trump does agree with you on the vacation thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. But he, of course, doesn't take them quarterly or, or semi-annually. He takes them weekly. weekly. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. so we're back, and we have to talk about the uh, Senate Healthcare 2.0 bill that we believe is going to be announced today. And again, we record Thursday mornings. And uh, we, so we know our listeners uh, in Milwaukee on 1510 AM. Uh, this will have already happened, and you'll have probably a, a bit more details on exactly what was released. But we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like, what its prospects are. We'll spend some time talking about the state budget. Um, it is now two weeks overdue, and uh, much like the Zacks and Dr. Seuss, we have uh, Senator Fitzgerald and Representative Voss just standing belly to belly with very little movement. And we'll spend a uh, little bit of time updating on uh, the uh, first congressional district and the race that is already heating up in our Paul Ryan watch. I'm sure Jorna has a few things she'd like to say about Mr. Ryan, but let's start. Uh, talking about this bill that's going to be introduced today. It is, um, and again, the top lines are, first one couldn't get through. We've got moderates and, and conservatives uh, who were basically holding out. And it appears including now... Including Senator Johnson. Including Senator Johnson here in the state. It is unclear at the this moment where our great senator lands on what's about to come out. But Robert, it's just... Uh, from our early impressions, what are just some of the key differences here in, in the legislation and, uh, that's about to be announced today? Just a cautionary note, all the media, even Republican senators, are full of dire warnings that it's dead, it's not possible. Don't believe them. We, the only reason this is even happening is because of the massive engagement by people all over this country and the state of Wisconsin it has to continue as soon as it stops, they jam this thing through. So having said that, don't believe that they, they, that somehow the battle has been the war has been won. And and it is worth pointing out, Robert. It they they announced today they're going to delay their August recess. They are really serious about weeks. trying to stick around and jam this through. They want to pass. And it And even next if they week, can't do this, they're going to try to attach it to every budget motion, every other. They're still going to go after. There there there's no commitment here to stop. Okay, 
It's the Terminator. It's what it does. It's all, all it does, right, at a certain level. Now, as far as saying that as a broader cautionary note, in terms of the current division, as far as uh, we can tell, based on the claims of senators and what journalists can ferret out, uh, you have a moderate group, quote unquote moderate, though a lot of them would not have qualified as moderates a couple decades ago. Uh, and they really don't want um, uh, the, the huge cuts to Medicaid. And just to be clear, the cuts to Medicaid are even worse than, the, uh, than what they would do to the Affordable Care Act and would be over time 35% of the whole Medicaid program. That's badger care, that's long-term care, seniors, people with disabilities. Uh, and so, and there's no sign of movement on that, okay? Correct. So it doesn't seem you can possibly get Satter Collins, Satter Murkowski, um, and, and a couple others with those kind of Medicaid cuts, okay? That's number one. But on the other side of this, you have the far right flank, the Ted Cruz, the Rand Paul, apparently the Ron Johnson, though he is a little bit harder to understand, uh, thinking that they want more radical insurance regulation. So this is along deregulation. So this is along the lines of what happened in the House with restoring pre-existing condition discrimination. But they want to go further. And so the Cruz Amendment, which apparently is going to get in this, would say that an insurance, uh, uh, insurance company could provide whatever kind of plan they wanted, not meeting any standards, as long as they provided one uh, that met the current Affordable Care Act standards. And of course, what that will mean is, is that it will be an extremely expensive plan that no one can afford. And it, in essence, will make sure that people have bare bones plans that don't cover anything, but it will lower premiums theoretically because you're, you know, it's like buying a car that falls apart in, a, in a, it uh, fairly quickly, but it's cheaper than a real car, right? Uh, to our listeners, HSAs, think HSAs, lousy, high deductible plans, health savings accounts. Yeah, health savings accounts. These are the kind of plans, and, and similar to those, one of the things that's terrible about this is it essentially would fracture, destroy your health insurance markets. You'd have these healthy younger folks, you know, going into these plans and leaving uh, untenable, it's, divided it's, markets it's that are, are unstable. It's worse than those because there are standards on the HSA plans right now, uh, well beyond That's what just terrifying Senator Cruz to hear. would push. But I want to say this, that this shows how committed they are to unwinding not only the Affordable Care Act, but one of the major reforms of the 1960s, Medicaid, uh, because they could get a deal with the moderates, I think, with uh, some version of right-wing insurance market reform, like Cruz says, without the slashing cuts to Medicaid. And they won't do it because it's their goal to unwind uh, the healthcare system and give the money to the wealthiest Americans, and that they're, they're, they're so dead committed to that they can never get uh, the, the right, and they can never get the Freedom Caucus unless they do that. Well, Robert, you made a number of pop culture references in your last little monologue. I, I love it. First of all, can we get some public enemy, don't believe the hype, playing uh, behind his, his track today, Brian? Um, you know, but it looks like the American public still isn't believing the hype of the Republicans, right? They're, they're calling. This vote has already been delayed. We're going to see a bill later on today since we record on Thursdays. Well, maybe we'll see a bill. Who knows, right? Who, who actually Excellent knows? Point, <laughs> like, we've never had that will pulled over our eyes before. Um, but obviously, you know, we, we have the power to terminate this healthcare bill if we can keep the pressure on. That's good. Jonah. I know, right? That you like nice. that? Yep. I, I'm also going to run for governor of the state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're oh, breaking news. Breaking news. Hi <laughs> yeah, look. Just I, kidding. So it's clear, right? So Ted Cruz 
They've got them, right, with this ridiculous, uh, these catastrophic plans. Rand Paul, however, has announced, the other conservative, that he thinks this plan is worse than the original. And actually, if you're conservative, it is worse, like, for what they want to do, right, which is... (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad enough. It's not bad enough, right? How has that become our gold standard? It's not bad enough. Yeah, so... So, in the Rand Paul world, if you get government out of health care, everything works great. I don't know why he doesn't want to get government out of the military and government out of everything why else. Why doesn't he get right? out of government? Well, that's another that's a very good point. Just saying. And so, uh, and so there's, there's a whole lot of still Obamacare-like structures and procedures. There are going to be slightly more generous tax credits. They're going to take away one of the wealth tax uh, reductions, not all of them, uh, to fund that. Apparently, this is what uh, the listeners on the radio Sunday will know more than we do, but probably not much because it'll probably be very similar to what we're talking about here. Uh, but remember, and this is what our national allies say and the folks uh, who convene at Healthcare America Now tell us, that the moment the Senate passes it at any time, I mean, even if the House isn't in session, the House will be voting within 24 hours on the bill. That's how quickly they will move if they can get it through the Senate. So they are, and we have, of course, where Trump is. So I think, Matt, that Trump is saying some things about all of this. Now well, that he's, well, I know he came back from Europe, and I went back to Europe again, but... No, I, look, it's, I think it's important to point out that it took us all the way to this point to even mention Trump, right? Whereas on the health, or excuse me, on the House side, Trump was really central uh, particularly in the first failed push, he has almost become irrelevant in terms of arm's length probably isn't even close enough to what they have. And they sent him to France for crying out loud. No, but the reality is Trump is uh, again declaring, trying to insert himself. And I don't know how effective it will be that he's threatened anger. He's threatened anger. He's threatened anger, which is... I'm not sure what that means. I, I don't know. Like, that's not really a position, per se. He's well, just going to be angry. My nephew Emerson, when he was two, used to announce he was mad. It yes. reminds me of that. Well, but, uh, I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so, look, we're back to where we have Pence and even uh, Rand Paul talking about just full repeal again, right, which is completely ridiculous and i heard one commentator describe it as like sure why not just jump out of the plane without you know checking your parachute or anything right like given how well this is all worked the question is how does the russia revelations play does it make it easier for the senate to try to do something when the public isn't watching or does it so undermine the president and his credibility that makes this even harder to do i don't know what 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 you guys think i I don't know think we know but that's a that's a, a, a question that's very relevant right now well, we've talked about this in the past. I, I think they're distractions. I mean, they're significant distractions. I don't want to undermine, you know, underplay them because they could be the kind of thing that lead to actually, you know, an end of a Trump People presidency. Using the key word treason. Sure, sure. <laughs> so they're of that level, and certainly our podcast probably in our brief period can't get into all of those details, right? And, and there's lots of lengthy discussion saying, of them. in terms of health care, does it make it easier for them to It makes to it easier for them because okay. it distracts us, for rightly so. This is the leading issue, and it wasn't until this morning that health care really started to get back on to the national news. It's still basically non-existent in our local newspapers today. So anyways, we got to get out of here. We'll be right back after the break.
So welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Jorna, before the break, we were just talking about Trump and his actual not really being even involved in this process, other than threatening his anger. Trump angry. (laughs) He's like the Hulk. Trump be very angry. He doesn't even, his quote is, I don't even want to talk about it if they don't pass health care, because it will be very bad. This is the president, the petulant child of a president that we have. But don't worry, he's got a pen in hand, unlike other presidents who apparently did not allow pens in the Oval Office to sign legislation. Trump has found a pen, and he is poised and ready to sign this bill. Well, he's pouting apparently already, I've heard, from his oldest son, you know, uh, revelations, uh, you know, showing that the whole Trump administration campaign has been lying about coordination with Russia. Uh, though I have also heard it begun to be, this is probably not authorized by the father, by Daddy Trump, some little whispers that we should ignore this because Trump, Donnie, Donnie Trump is Fredo, uh, people can catch the uh, Godfather reference. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, there's going to be horse heads and like well, all sorts of... Okay, so we're, we're actually starting to move into what really is sort of the broader messaging that's gone on in the last uh, 24 hours around the relaunch of this, and that is, so I think we've all promised, I can't understand why the Republicans wouldn't uh, support this. It's what they ran on. You've promised this, right? That That is the key driving message here is the politics, because the policy, as uh, we just went through before the break, is garbage, right? If Obamacare is an escort, they have turned it into, I don't know, what what was that, uh, Studebaker? Although some people like Studebakers, and I may be (laughs) aging the show. uh, What is happening here? (laughs) What is Uh, happening here? AMC Uh, Gremlin. Gremlin, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but the point being, the policy's terrible, so really the broader messaging that you're hearing coming from Trump, Pence, uh, the Senate leadership, uh, Paul Ryan is, we ran on this, it's time to go, right? Because that's all they got. We're going to do it. That's all they got. And they do have a base that they ran on this. It's the only reason we're doing this in spite of those wonderful polling numbers Jorna brought up before the break on how well this legislation is actually viewed. Those 12% matter a lot. They're very active. I mean, they're, you know. (laughs) No, I mean, but it's confounding, right? We got this 12%, but we know that there's 30% that if they don't repeal Obamacare, there's going to be hell to pay, which shows you how conflicted they are. Those numbers don't add up, which means there's some very confused people out there. But nonetheless... They don't grasp. That's, they don't grasp the nuances of health policy like their president does. Uh-um. True. Uh, <laughs> Juggernaut, actually. So that's yes. what. So that's what we're left here is sort of those politics, and the only thing that can counterbalance that again is part of what Robert brought up is there has been a huge movement to try to put pressure uh, on all of these folks, and that needs to continue, right? Senator Ron uh, yes. Johnson, it's up front center, thing. but also the House members. It's what's going on, and they, despite there be, being this ideological, they are responsive to this level of public pressure. The response isn't necessarily what we want. It's made Ron Johnson say weird, crazy things about people, dri- reckless drivers, or like people with pre-existing conditions, but nonetheless, he's a no right now. And so here's the thing, right? Um, we can take a step back and enjoy for a moment that the uh, carnival barkers trying to sell snake oil are not being listened to by the audience, right? And that they've seen through them. So that is a good thing, right? But we can't see this in traditional political sort of ways. I can guarantee you on their side, on the traditional political way, Jorna, that there are a bevy of right-wing conservative Republican consultants with PowerPoints on whether they're better off in 18 doing this or not doing this. 
and why, and they're competing PowerPoints. I'll Do you bet think their PowerPoints are prezies? They're probably prezies. You're right. I'm dating myself with a PowerPoint. Good, very good call, I Jordan. Mean, very on, good Robert. call, Jordan. Get out of you yeah. know, 1989. They're definitely prezies. So thank you for that. <laughs> Prezi and projector. So, but if we think about it, we shouldn't just like some of like some folks who would be who would be less uh, thinking advanced on our side just be glad they're in a political mess. But think about okay, this means the public, and this is what the polling shows, thinks that it's the role of government to guarantee everyone has affordable health care as a human right. And so, how do we build on that? Not only to beat this, but then to go way beyond the Affordable Care Act. And so, that's why we're working with progressive state legislatures. Legislators, the sponsors are Latanya Johnson and and Eric Genrich on the Badger Care for All bill, because we need to start talking about what we could actually do yep. to start to move to making to actually realizing healthcare is a human right in this country. The public's with us already, so we need to be thinking a couple steps in advance here, while we also fight like heck to prevent. Uh, what they're trying to do from happening, but that can't be the limit of our goals. So if you heard me earlier encouraging you to call your Congress member and said, Matt, I'm really tired of you telling me to call your Congress member. I'm tired of calling my Congress member. And you're like, I'd like to do something else. Well, we have something for you to do. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. So if you're interested, we can set you up at home on your own computer and phone, calling people who are actually going to be very important in next year's election, but are also Medicaid eligible or eligible for the exchanges. So these the are people, correct, right? So these are folks who will be directly impacted by this repeal. And we're calling them and encouraging them to call Senator Johnson. And we're also educating them about the Badger Care for All bill, about what we ought to be doing. And this is a work that we hope will uh, flow into 2018 elections and help make this issue a uh, critical issue in determining the election. But also, as Robert said, starting to lay out the markers for Badger Care for All, Medicare for All. What are the kinds of things? How do we move to single payer? If you want to be a part of that, we'll have a link for you to get involved uh, on our webpage. Um, but you can reach out to Katie dot done, D-U-N-N, -N, at citizenactionwi.org, and we will hook you up right away uh, to do that. Or if, we, if, you, if, you, if you can't get that written down, Katie Dunn is in the staff section of the Citizen Action Wisconsin website. And let's say the name one more time, Katie dot done at citizenactionwi.org. Get involved. And so just remember... It really will matter when Senator Johnson is deciding whether to support this deal, whether his staff reports to him that the phone calls are down 50 percent or they've even increased uh, with the new version. In other words, that they really do take that into account. And he's going to feel a lot more freedom to say, ah, there's the best deal we can get and just vote for it if, he, if, if the pressure dies Nobody down. Nobody even bothered to call my office, so it must be okay. Must be good. We use new methods like teletown halls to assess what the public is with handpicked questions. I love teletubbies. He, he oh, you may said not use, he, he probably still uses PowerPoint. <laughs> you think he uses PowerPoint? <laughs> no, <laughs> he probably still uses those overhead projectors where, you know, you wrote on the little transparent thing mm -hmm. and you put it, yeah, and it melted a lot. <laughs> At least you could do more freestyle then with your markers. Something tells me, actually, I'm going to take it one step further, that uh, he was the kid who used the permanent markers on oh, the transparencies. Yes. God, I bet he yes, did. Yes, yes. Oh, Rude. okay, excellent. So... <laughs>
with that, while again, we folks, derail, <laughs> please, please talk to your neighbors, get folks involved. This is this thing they're talking about trying to vote this next week. So this could happen. And as Robert said, it'll move immediately to the House. And then, you know, if it fails, Trump will be angry and very so, angry. To, and to, you wouldn't like him when he's angry to put a bow tweet on it. At you. So. Before we go to break, we want to start a transition to what we're going to uh, talk about a little bit uh, on the back end, and that is what is going on in Madison Nothing. with our state budget. <laughs> um, I believe at the beginning of the show, we referred to this as kind of like the Zacks and Dr. Seuss. They're mad, too. They're very, they're very mad. mad. So Jorna was happy to point out before we started the show that it was indeed the Zacks who met and this is the Dr. Seuss story of the two Zacks. The who met north on going Zacks and the south going Zacks. And what happened, Jorna, to them? They ran into each other. And there was a standoff. Yep. And then what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. The world <laughs> kept moving around them. Yes. Well, this is a perfect analogy to what's been going on, not only in D.C. around health care, although they seem to be able to produce these bills. Uh, we are at a complete standoff on the state budget. We're now two weeks beyond where the state budget when it should have been passed. And to refresh everybody's memory, um, they started moving this budget process in January, early February, announcing they'd probably be done by May. Um, normally, when we even had divided government, we would get budgets done off and on time. So the last time was 2007 uh, that we had this kind of delay. And that was when we had healthy Wisconsin. So when we had right. this uh, Democrats in the Senate trying to do a really bold universal health care plan, and that held the budget up for three months. So there was a real good reason then. I was going to say, we, <laughs> the budget was last held up over trying to provide universal health care access. Our current budget is being held up over making sure that we can protect tax breaks for the wealthy and fighting over how we're going to pay for more roads. Well, no, it's not even that no disagreement. <laughs> the existing roads, There's actually. no disagreement on what they want to spend the money on. Uh, there, so, uh, where's for example, the revenue coming from? There's a disagreement on whether we should pay for it or not, and so at least Speaker Voss is principled in a in a, in their within their ideological purview on the idea that he doesn't want to continue borrowing where one out of five transportation dollars goes to pay debt right now. Walker wants to borrow more and have his nice reelection budget and claim he's softer on schools and other things. The Senate wants to borrow even more, and so that's where the divide is. And uh, the Senate is saying if we don't borrow at all, like Voss, then, we, then the, the projects will go too slow. So I would just say that with the roads crumbling under Republican rule and with their big highway projects stalling, really isn't high-speed rail, which would have cost us virtually nothing, looking better now? Well, it does. And on that note, we got to get out of here. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Battleground, Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. So when we left, we were talking about these Zacks that have uh, decided to get belly up against each other in Madison. Uh, that would be Representative Voss and Senator Fitzgerald and That's all a Dr. The Republicans. Seuss reference. There are no actual people named Zach involved, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's Zacks with an X. Yeah. That, that's right. Okay. 
So, and if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. It's very helpful to explain what we're all experiencing a little bit in this bizarre budget process. Can, can we just can we just quote the Zacks, Dr. Seuss, Please, for, for just a moment? Let's do that. Um, the Northgoing Zacks says, and I quote, I have never taken a step to one side, and I'll prove to you that I won't change my ways if I have to keep standing here for 59 days. Replies the Southgoing Zacks. Never budge in the least, not an inch to the west, not an inch to the east. I'll stand here not budging, I can and I will, if it makes you and me and the whole world stand still. Well, you would think, Jorna, that our two Zacks, namely, were fighting over something of great significance, or right? that they weren't from the same party? They weren't from the same party, um, who actually see things quite the same. And that we be that this is some great big fight. And I think before the break, Robert mentioned the last time we had a big fight, it was over actually trying to uh, afford get everyone access to healthcare. This is over how are we going to fund revenue for our transportation, and and by that for them largely roads, right? And so what I wanted to talk more about is really what the opportunity is for this in terms of Democrats, progressives and laying out a vision for 2018, but also in beyond what governance would look like. How would they address this budget? And, and it all starts, of course, with you know, revenue and what are your priorities here? And so, Robert, it gets us and me thinking about our budget for all and really trying to, again, insert these kinds of values and priorities into this discussion. It's a huge opportunity while they're sort of at loggerheads. Yes, the alternative state budget, a Wisconsin budget for all, that citizen action, Wisconsin's Wisconsin children and families and other allies put together would more than pay for this gap. Now, we had more interesting things we were paying for, like free technical college tuition. But leaving that aside, let's leave aside that their transportation priorities are absolutely right and they're the best thing for Wisconsin and for the economy, et cetera. Just leave that aside, right? It's common sense, isn't it? that you get what you pay for. I mean, in your household, right, if you, if you wanna, uh, want something that's important to the family, you figure you have to pay for it, right? And you do figure you might use debt responsibly for college, for example, for, for a mortgage, et cetera, but you still have to be able to pay for it. It has to be part of a broader plan. It can't just be uh, to help get uh, a governor reelected once and then leaving the state holding the bag. But their ideology has been that we don't, we don't need any revenue uh, at all. Government has plenty of money. We need tax cuts, tax cuts, tax cuts. They're too high. We're going to tell everyone they're getting tax cuts, and we'll give most of the tax cuts to the wealthiest people because they deserve them more. And then when you have the huge manufacturing and agricultural tax credit giveaway, which is already cost us over a billion dollars, you have turned down the budget care money, which has cost us well over a billion dollars, then pretty soon there's no money for your priorities. And so, as I said before, the only vaguely principled person in this whole thing is the Assembly Republicans and Robin Voss, because yeah. at least he's saying that they should uh, they should actually pay for what roads they can pay for. Right, right? to be honest about yeah. and, this problem. Uh, the other two, Walker just wants to be able to run for re-election and leave us all with, with debts for his ridiculous priorities. And it looks like Fitzgerald and the Senate is on that train as well, just to push it down the road. Um, to get more roads right away and then worry about the consequences later. I was going to say, there's no train, Robert. <laughs> we killed the train. And by the way, I, I, I'm pretty sure that the legal settlement uh, Walker had agreed to, to pay back Talgo, the new train factory that left Milwaukee for building trains for us we didn't use, was more than it would have cost us to operate the train for 10 years. So we lost money in the deal and we didn't get a train. False news. Yeah. 
So, and I'm just saying, it, with the zoo interchange not being completed, I think uh, even folks in Waukesha, Walker's base, may be wondering, wouldn't the train look pretty good right now? There's, an, there's another dynamic I want to point out that shows, like, all of our work, and, and at some point, issues do matter. They're also in this fix because edu they can't, it's really hard for them to go after that education money Walker put in his budget. That's kind of where, in years past, they've just been cutting all that. It's so popular, right? Like, if they do that, there's nothing left for them to stand on in terms well, of Walker why anyone let would them support this budget. He, he is re, he's clear that he they've decided that for his reelect, he must yeah. soften his uh, image on education. And well, hence that's why there's no money left when you give it all away through Man Ag and everything. So look, but this is again, this is a big opportunity. We talked about Badger Care for All as being a really important visionary thing on healthcare that not only is important to start talking about, but that's something you can run for re-election on or for election. Um, we need to be staking out some of these discussions within the budget, right? Like, I mean, why are we having this discussion and not talking about the revenue? And what would we really want to see properly funded? Why don't we think that you get what you pay for, yeah. right? Why don't we think that there are some things, and we can we agree on what, we disagree probably on what those are with them, but just to say that just granting their priorities are even right, why, I mean, it, the problem I think is, is that modern conservative ideology is completely ill-equipped as a governing philosophy in the 21st century. You can't even achieve their priorities using it. And so that's the problem, that, that we literally have these ideologues who have built political careers and the political base on a series of falsehoods that, uh, that make it impossible to, to act in the public interest and to build a thriving Wisconsin. Well, it just seems that this has to move, right? Like we're I mean, they can't just continue to stay here. They are going to have to eventually pass a budget. And Well, I remember mean, the veto session, too, because they've got to be worried that Walker will stab them in the back and use the Vanna White veto to change the meaning of the agreement. So we're going to have to continue to watch. But, uh, again, really hope that this is an opportunity for Democrats to continue to use this to talk about what the priorities are ought to be and where, where these mistakes are, because they're, they're certainly providing those openings and opportunities. But there is one bit of bright news. Well, and, let's go there. And that is that the secret effort that's been all over the media for a month, that they were going to go after the microbreweries and the brew pubs and not let them sell beer directly to people. People across Wisconsin, across every part of Wisconsin, will see thriving brew pubs in every place. Even in the smallest places, there are small brew pubs. And so uh, Dale Koinga has announced that he thinks it's dead, that it's 99% it's dead. So congratulations to all of the beer connoisseurs who across the state of Wisconsin, Republican, Democrat alike, that seem to have spoken Th out. Thank you for this bipartisan effort good. to not ruin Robert's life. I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I've this... never actually seen Robert get this excited about a piece of legislation not related to health care yes. ever. Well, it is actually directly related to his health. It is, um, it is, and you know now that people health. now that people don't know that we what we do on the weekends because we don't have our weekend furloughs anymore. <laughs> yes, uh, Robert's going to have to slip in the exciting things that he does on the weekends, like during the actual show, like track microbrew legislation. <laughs> yes. Well, Ben Franklin did say that oh, God created go. beer because He loves us. No, Robert is absolutely <laughs> right. This is probably one of the few bipartisan efforts uh, when the alarm bells rang. Uh, certainly, because nobody <laughs> wants to drink just Miller Lite. Apparently, 
<laughs> Miller Coors is very not. good at times, and it's 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 it's, it's produced by UAW brewery okay, yes. workers members. Yes. But I'm just saying, you, there you need both, not not one versus the other. But anyway, I agree, I agree with you, Jordan. So many of our listeners, I know our staffer Justin Belinsky was very disturbed. Uh, his microbrewery breweries uh, were going to be shut off, and Chris Rockwood, shout out to you, you will not be shut down either. And it would have <laughs> shut down the union tap rooms at Miller and Lining Kugels, yeah. just to be clear as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, there was not all good news. Uh, we did have the U.S. Appeals Court uphold the Wisconsin right to work law this week. So that is unfortunate news. Uh, I don't know that anyone is greatly surprised by it, but it... it and it I, is news nonetheless. I, I would just say that just because it's legal, uh, again, right. I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't read the legal opinions. There may be doubt about that, but let's assume it's legal. Doesn't because it's legal doesn't make it right. Absolutely not. Or good for the state. But we thought it was <laughs> worth pointing out that, that unfortunately that that had happened. Um, we are going to talk a little bit more after the break about elections, and in particular, we want to talk about Paul Ryan. We uh, always do. Yes, because Paul Ryan, right, is become a national celebrity a as, as the speaker. Has yeah. announced an end to all town halls. Has announced an end. <laughs> that was to, headlines over the weekend. Well, it is fascinating uh, that this guy, right, he has been quite popular within his district, been reelected, never really truly challenged, and managed to always sort of be the darling as sort of some kind of policy guru, um, bright young star. I mean, this is, he is, it has gotten a lot more tricky. He is a kind of a falling star at the moment, uh, not in fundraising, however. Uh, Paul Ryan is reporting that he has raised over $11 million for his reelection. And that's all in nickels and dimes Absolutely. from constituents. $11 million. Right? <laughs> and not from anyone who might have interest before the House of Representatives. Uh, He's no Dr. Right? Evil. Yeah. No, no, he represents the people <laughs> in the first district. Yeah, right. Dr. Evil uh, <laughs> does have $11 million, which is a significant amount of money. Um, but clearly, his unpopular health care bill the bizarre nature of just sort of what's been going on in the house and the leadership, uh, I use leadership in quotes, has made him extraordinarily vulnerable. And uh, we are going to talk more about that after the break. Welcome back to Battleground Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. We were talking about our good friend Paul Ryan, um, Dr. Evil, I believe, as uh, Jorna mentioned. Because So he has raised $11 million, and he has drawn a very serious Democratic opponent, which I believe a couple podcasts ago we mentioned, and is worth pointing out that it looks like uh, Randy Bryce who is an iron worker here in uh, southeastern Wisconsin, is going to have raised about a half a million dollars. Jordan, this is And he does have a primary opponent, but, uh, yeah, so, but, but there'll be a primary. This is unbelievable, there'll though. Be a, there'll be, so um, Randy Bryce is a great guy. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Iron Stash because he's an iron worker and he has a great mustache, so Iron Stash is a thing. Uh, and he's working really, really hard. As you mentioned, Matt, you know, he's a, a union guy, an iron worker. He uh, is a veteran. He is the chair of the Veterans uh, Chamber of Commerce, the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce. He's a cancer survivor. And he's really, like, 
a good down-to-earth dude, right, who wants to make change in the world and wants to help the people of the 1st Congressional District and not just travel around to California and, you know, the red states raising money. Well, one of the interesting things is that you don't raise a half a million dollars without one having a guy like Paul Ryan who clearly has been nationalized. And so that's what's most interesting about this race. There will be a primary in uh, this race as uh, Kathy Myers is also running. She is a school board member from Janesville um, and will be running against Randy uh, at this point. There was a third candidate who dropped out, but the and main- And endorsed Randy. And endorsed Randy. But the main point being, right, we got Paul Ryan who has become this nationalized figure, highly unpopular, largely around health care, and this is going to be a big race, and this is going to be very exciting, and it's unusual, right? This is a fairly Republican district overall, so uh, this is going to be one to watch uh, going forward. And just to be clear, because uh, this National Wisconsin is not endorsed, Kathy Myers will have full access to our endorsement process, and if you want to be part of the endorsement process, join one of our organizing cooperatives, which you can find on our website. Uh, but uh, And also, Paul Ryan has access. If Paul Ryan would like to uh, take our questionnaire and then talk with us about yes. how he's going to achieve things such as a, a fair and just economy for everyone and guaranteed health care for everyone, we'd love to hear his thoughts. Can I fill it out as if I was Paul Ryan? <laughs> would that be appropriate? Evil twin. Uh, but we did try to help Paul Ryan last weekend, Matt. Yeah, so last weekend... Big of you. <laughs> again, I was on vacation, but it is really exciting to know that there were over 100 people in the Racine area with uh, Citizen Action and uh, Congressman Mark Pocan went to Paul Ryan's district since he won't hold any we town halls. We thought that people in the 1st District uh, deserved a congressional town hall, an open meeting on health care, and since their congressman wouldn't provide one... We brought in the neighboring congressman, who is from Kenosha, so he uh, actually has roots in the first congressional district. And we had a bit. We filled an auditorium at uh, Gateway Tech and had a congressional town hall w- without uh, without Speaker Ryan in his own district. He then announced uh, the day before, actually, it was all over the news and cable news over the, this last weekend that he will hold no open town halls anymore and that he's very afraid about disruption, and he insisted that people be bussed in from outside can, of his district. These folks were all from his district. Can just we just clear. go back to what, you know, the healthcare uh, debates and town halls in the summer of, I believe it was 2009? Yes. And I went up to Steve Kagan's town hall because he was having a town hall to hear right. from his constituents. And, you know, to be in full disclosure, I worked for Citizen Action at the time. And I left that town hall early because I had some Democratic bumper stickers on my car and I was afraid that people would harass me. Like, that's how um, vitriolic and and violent I I felt that those I remember that, Jordan. Like, it was was pretty crazy. So... So you're saying Paul Ryan has every right to be afraid? uh, No, I'm not (laughs) saying that. I'm saying you've got... (laughs) I'm saying that this is a ridiculous um, turnabout here, that, you know, it was okay for... And the Democrats were always stepping up to listen to constituents, but Republicans are just going to hide behind... It's, it is right. You're absolutely office. right, Jorna. I, re- I remember, and Congressman Kagan held those town halls. Yep. He went forward knowing what was happening, and he had been getting harassed. I remember just going from event to event, uh, and yet he still held those town halls knowing full well that this was going to be a completely difficult and hostile environment. 
But that's part of leadership, right? That's part of a democracy. It's it's essentially one of the fundamental things uh, Representative Pocan, or uh, Congressman Pocan, was really hammering home, right? That like it's not easy. It's not, and it's not always popular. But you got a highly unpopular bill here, and you need to uh, stand up in front and and have these public events. And and Paul Ryan's moved in exactly the opposite direction. And so the town hall Saturday went so well. And I know some of our listeners are saying. That, that particularly in the first CD, they wish they'd come to it. Well, we have a solution to that. Uh, we've decided, working with uh, with our members, doctors, nurses, and patients, that we're going to have a town hall in every town in the first congressional district. And so uh, you can contact the aforementioned Katie Dunn, who's She's on the staff list of our website, here. or it's Katie uh, dot done at citizenactionwi.org but Did also you say in the Katie staff. Dot at citizenactionwi.org yeah oh, okay i wasn't sure she's if you like, said she's like the I oprah thought, winfrey maybe see, it's, of it's, town hall it's old school to write down an email address <laughs> wait millennials wait, want to be able to go somewhere an email address you mean yeah. Katie dot done at citizenactionwi.org <laughs> okay um and so uh, you can be a partner, and if you want to be the host of one, let us know. We don't have hosts for every town yet. We know we will, but we're, ha we're happy to, uh, to to have you, st anyone step up who wants to make sure that everyone in Paul Ryan's district gets to hear about how unwonderful his plans for the healthcare system are. If Katie is the Oprah Winfrey of town halls, do I also get like a car or a beach bag or, you know, the Oprah book club of the month, the Katie Dunn book club of the month? Katie.dunn at citizenactionwi.org <laughs> is shaking her head yes. Excellent. So, well, look, uh, we, we love to have fun here, but uh, Katie was actually on the show a few weeks back. And a reminder, Katie is the lead organizer for our new Healthcare for All co-op, and we really do want to encourage people to join that cooperative. Uh, it is not enough for us just to repeal and repel uh, what is going on in D.C. The Badger Care for All uh, and Medicare for All, a single payer, uh, pushing for what the future will be and in, in, in making healthcare better is what this cooperative is about, and we need your involvement. So please contact Katie.dunn. And if you action. don't contact Katie, she'll be very angry. No, she, she won't. She has a pen ready just to take down your email address. <laughs> well, that's not fair to Katie. We can say Jorna will be no, angry. No, I will be very angry. <laughs> but that's nothing new. So, Jorna, you had uh, met... So, Matt. You had mentioned... <laughs> That the weekend furlough had gone away. I know. Well, that's not true. It's just been in hibernation. It's back for this show. <gasps> oh my god! For I'm so our longtime listeners, we have always had. Well, it's been my favorite part of the show. It's called the weekend furlough, and and it's when these politicos and organizers come out of their political bunkers to do something fun and other enjoyable, than other and than politico. organizing. And uh, traditionally, Robert struggles in this area unless it involves the aforementioned microbrews. Uh, but Shorna, Matt, what are you doing this weekend? I'm heading up to scenic Door County where I will be attending uh, a horse show with some clients of mine. I love it. Because a I horse teach, show? I teach horseback riding. That's awesome. And uh, Something different than what I usually do. Absolutely. And so, Robert, <laughs> you're actually the one who uh, has his pulse on the finger of Bayview. What is going on this weekend in the Robert Craig world? Uh, well, I struggle in this area, as Matt <laughs> points out. So, but, you know, I should be accommodated, I would think, because we're a progressive organization. But I don't I'm have... I'm not sure what that means, but yeah, keep Yeah, pushing. keep going. 
we're supposed to be tolerant. I know. Right. We're Matt, tolerant of you tolerant. working through the entire weekend yeah. and we being very boring. Little tolerance <laughs> yes. for this. Push forward. It is gorgeous along yes. the lake right now, so I do think biking and running on the lake ought to count. But I will say that I am so inspired by the victory for microbreweries and uh, mm. in, in the um, uh, in the state budget or the apparent victory uh, that my brother Ted and I have been talking about doing kind of a unofficial, not one of the official ones, uh, kind of brew crawl in Milwaukee, because there's a ton of new microbreweries we haven't even been to, so I'm going to see if I can talk Ted into doing that this weekend. On a pedal tavern? No, 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 because those don't really go anywhere. They're full of screaming millennials. Oh, uh, but uh, <laughs> stereotyping, Robert. <laughs> wow. See, I love this part of the show. It's so great. Uh, look, this weekend we are kicking off some canvassing that we're going to be doing. Are you here, Robert? Here in Milwaukee, I am. Uh, and if it's canvassing, that's exciting. Saturday. 10 a.m., meet us here at the Citizen Action Office, 221 South 2nd Street. We're going to start going out and talking to people uh, about 2018 and, and their experiences and uh, the 2016 election and talking to folks who may or may not show up in 2018. So if you want to be involved in that work, please join us here at Citizen Action. But after that, we got a doubleheader at Ostalon this weekend. Folks, come on out and watch some racing. It'll be a good time. Robert, as Rebrowski Racing is going to uh, we'll be the there. We'll okay. be there. Uh, flat tracks on the X Games tonight. Very, very exciting. With that, we want to thank Brian Woldridge, our He's producer, who makes every one of these shows happen, keeps us on time, and uh, also pretty. has an album coming out, The Woldridge Brothers, which we need to add. And so you should go online and look for that. It's good. It's Outstanding. Is it titled like the podcast? Is it Wilrick Brothers 238? Exactly. <laughs> it, is, it is the white album for the Wilrick Brothers. And we'll see you next week at the Battleground, Wisconsin. <laughs>